Hi, my name is Logan Bourgeois. I am a graduate of Rocky Bayou Christian School, and I plan on studying dentistry at Northwest Florida State College. There's a few people who I'd like to acknowledge for influencing me, and the first two people would be my Sunday school teachers, and that would be Ken Nielsen and Paul Rowney. They have been an integral part of my journey in faith. I'd also like to acknowledge Michael Van Sant and Alec Ammons. Michael was the youth pastor who was here when I first came here, and Alec is the new youth pastor, and both of them have been an integral part of my journey through faith, so I would like to acknowledge them. Some of my memories here in student ministry would be our discipleship retreats that we took. Those would always convict me of what I've done wrong and would bring me back to the Word of God. And also the friends that I've made here and the connections, the family that have you know taken me in and helped me through you know my struggles with faith. How I plan to keep living sent as I go into college is to be reminded that we are called to be a light to the darkness and I want to be that person who mentors the younger generation and brings them up in the Word of God. And, you know, if they struggle with what they believe in, to let them know that it is okay to struggle. You know, I went through a lot of struggles with my journey in faith. And just to remind them that they're not alone and that God is always there for them. Hi, my name is Leighton Moore, and I'm graduating from Niceville High School. And I will be attending Northwest Florida State College to pursue a fire science degree to fulfill the requirements to become a Firefighter. Uh, some people that have influenced me would be my mom and dad would be the first people and then my second option would be my Sunday school teachers, Mr. Ken and Mr. Paul. Some of them would be going to Fuge Camp. I've been about I think two or three years and all of the years I have seen lots of people that are in need and it's just great going there and helping those that are in need and that are less fortunate than you. Uh, some ways that I would um, keep living sent would be spreading the gospel no matter where I am in life and wherever God leads me in life and to help those that are in need and to let other know other people know that they're there that God's there for them and that whenever they need help to turn to him and to always live for Jesus and nobody else besides him. Well, good morning, church. This is a very exciting Sunday morning, and I think that we can all agree that it's so special that as a church family, we get to come together and celebrate our graduates. This is, this is really exciting for me, and, and I think as a church, we should, we should be excited because not only do we get to celebrate the time and the accomplishments of each of our high schoolers, but we also get to continue to encourage them. As a, as a church family, we get to go and continue to pray for them and, and encourage them as they go off into this next stage of life. I'm Alec Ammons, the student ministry director here at Church on Bay Shore, and 
Though I've only been here for a few months, I, I can't say enough about our seniors and our students in general, but also just the families that have supported them, this church family that supported them. I, I've, my wife Ashley and I have just been so blessed to be a part of this church family, and we're just so excited to see what God's doing in the lives of our students, and especially the lives of our graduates. If this is your first Sunday with us, Pastor James said this last week as we celebrated the planting of Anchor Church, such an awesome thing that we get to do is celebrate that. Pastor James said that that was such a special Sunday, and it's amazing that we get two special Sundays right in a row. We, we've got two of them in a row. This, this week, we get to commission our graduates. We get to, to send our graduates. And if this is your first time with us, what you're really getting to see is us doing what we say we do. One of our key values is that the priority of every generation is the next generation. And as a church family today, that's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the next generation. We're celebrating the sending out of our seniors. And I, I just wanna encourage you, if this is your first time, we would, we would love to connect with you and share with you all of the things that are going on here at Church on Bay Shore. And you can just text CONNECT to the number on the screen and we'd love to connect with you. As, as I was preparing for this message, I started to think about my first days in college. I started to think about that moment, and, and some of y'all have this, maybe it's not the first day of college, maybe it's the first time you moved out of your parents' house and you're in your first apartment, maybe it's the first time you really experience freedom, but there's this very weird calmness that you feel. I remember feeling it sitting in my bunk bed in my dorm room, I was just sitting there, and I just remember being like, huh, I'm alone now. <laughs> my, par my, my parents aren't here anymore. And I remember just having this like flood of thoughts of all of the like stereotypical college things that we just see, whether it's like on movies or, or television, it's like, is that how my college experience is really gonna be? And, you, and then, you know, I'm starting thinking like, what about my friend, like who am I gonna be friends with? Like. All my friends are back home. They're, they're at different schools. Who am I going to be friends with? I remember that feeling of like, how are my friends going to influence me? Are they going to influence me for good? Are they going to influence me for bad? I remember thinking, how is this new experience going to change my life? What effect would I have on my surroundings? And today, what I'm so excited to be sharing with you is how each and every one of us, especially our graduates, can, can share and in in impact the world in a major way. We're, we're not just commissioning graduates, we wanna be commissioned ourselves, and so what we're gonna be talking about today is, is how we can live lives as examples to the rest of the world. If you wanna open up your Bibles, we're continuing our series through the Gospel of Mark, and we're gonna be in Mark chapter two, verses 13 through 17. And I just wanna give like a quick background on what's kind of happening. Maybe you haven't been following along with us over the past couple weeks. And I'm just gonna give us like a 30,000 foot view of what's going on. So Jesus has been born, he's come into the world and he is now, he's started his ministry and he's performing all kinds of miracles. He's calling disciples, he's, he's, he's making moves, he's doing what Jesus does, and where we're gonna pick up is in chapter two, verse 13 through 17, Jesus is walking by the sea. Jesus is, is walking by the sea and he's teaching a crowd of people. 
And so let's see what Jesus does as he's walking by the sea and teaching the crowd of people. This is Mark chapter two, verses 13 through 17. It says, he went out again by the sea and all the crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And, the, and as he reclined at as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is really an incredible look into Jesus's brain for a minute. This is an incredible look into Jesus' process as he's thinking, and, and specifically, Jesus's intentionality with others. What we see is, is a very simple message from Jesus, a very simple thing. We see that Jesus intentionally was a friend of sinners. It, it tells us that Jesus intentionally made, Jesus made an effort to be a friend of sinners. So let's think about that for a minute. Let's unpack that. This passage tells us that Jesus, the son of God, the, the one that lives a perfect life, we, spoiler alert, he lives a perfect life, and came down from heaven and eventually would die on the cross and raise him. It tells us that this person that really, if we think about it, should not have anything to do with sinners, intentionally made an effort to do that. He intentionally made the effort. And, and let's, let's unpack it a little bit further. He's specifically sitting with a guy named Levi. And Levi was a tax collector. I love that Levi is just doing his job and Jesus is like, come on. And Levi's like, okay, I, I, there's probably somebody who's like, I just want to quit my job and follow Jesus. You should, that's what you should do. Um, Levi does this. And, and what was a tax collector at that time? They were people that took money from the Jewish people and they gave it to the oppressor, which was Rome. They, they took money from the Jewish people and gave it to the Jewish people's oppressor, which was Rome. And so Levi and, and all tax collectors were arguably the most hated people just because of what they did. They were viewed as the lowest of lows next to, next to the other lowest of lows. But Jesus made an effort to sit with him. Let's give some real life examples of what a tax collector is. That's kind of a weird thing. I'll do something more literal. Maybe this is like you inviting an IRS auditor to your backyard barbecue. Like you're probably not gonna do that. You probably don't want an IRS auditor at your house. Uh, for us college, college age students, this is the college bookstore um, is the best example I can think. You're gonna buy a $300 textbook. You're gonna buy a $300 textbook. You're gonna use it like four or five times and then you're gonna sell it back to them for brand new and they're gonna give you like five bucks for it. Just, just get ready. This is, you don't want those people at your, at your barbecue, okay? You don't want them at your barbecue. If, if you're a big fan of the movie The Grinch, I'm a big fan of the movie The Grinch. 
These are the people that like, you know the song, you're a mean one, Mr. Green. These are the 39 and a half foot pole people. Like you wanna keep your distance from these people, okay? So we know what a tax collector is, but okay, let's be serious for a second. As Christians, these are stereotypically the people that we are saying like, oh, bless your heart, my goodness. Bless, bless their heart. These are, these are the people that I, I will say that they have visible sin. They're the people that we can look at and say like, they have this visible sin. And what's really fun about this is it's not that they're any worse of sinners than we are. We're just a lot better at hiding it. We're a lot better at, at storing it away. So when we hear that Jesus made an effort to be with sinners, what we're really looking at is Jesus making an effort to be with each and every one of us. Christ shows us that we need to be in contact, to the close contact with these people. I'd say for our graduates and, and our other college and high school students, we're calling this Send Sunday for a reason. We're, we're not sending you out so that way you can just go and, and have zero impact on the world. We're, we're sending you out as a church family because we want to see you change the world. We want to see you make an incredible impact for Christ. The college campuses, they need a light in the darkness. They need the light. And yes, there's going to be all kinds of trials that come with that. But we as a church family should be rallying behind our graduates. We should be excitedly praying for our graduates, excitingly encouraging our graduates, excitingly lifting them up so that they can go and be a light on our campus. So how can we do that? How can we, not only our graduates go be a light on our campus, but how can we, as a church family, go into our communities, go into our schools, and make a really big difference for the kingdom? Well, let's see what Jesus shows us. In, in, in this passage, he shows us three ways that we can intentionally be a friend of sinners. The first way is, is very simple. Verses 13 and 14 say this. It's simply Jesus sees the one. As Jesus is going, he sees the one. Let's read verses 13 and 14. It says, he went out again beside the sea and all the crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them. So he's doing something. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and he followed him. We see in those verses that Jesus is not just doing what he's actively doing. He also has his eyes open looking for people in need. He's looking for people in need. I, I would encourage you as you're going to look for people who don't know Jesus, who haven't experienced the incredible power and love of Christ, We'll read Romans 10, 13 through 15, and it, it, says, it says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to, be, how are they to preach unless they are seen sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. 
Paul's words to the Roman church really help us understand what our burden should be. As, as believers, our burden should not be that we can just kind of do one thing and then we can live our lives doing whatever we want. It, our burden should be going and sharing the good news of Jesus' love with others. And, and I'll take it a step further. It's not just sharing the good news. It's sharing how broken we are and our deep, deep need for Jesus. I, I think our biggest problem is, and my biggest problem is, is it's really easy for us to just go through life focused on the wrong thing. And so I want us to take a minute and let's just think about the broad scope of our lives. We'll start over here and we have when we're in elementary school, let's start there. And we're learning, like we're learning how to cut and color and we're trying to figure out what kind of person we're gonna be. Maybe we're starting to get our own interests, like maybe I like sports, maybe I like football, maybe I like coloring, maybe I like horses, whatever it is. You're, you're trying to figure out the things that you like. And then you step into middle school and this is, this is where I live, this is the student pastor, these are the students I know the best. And they're, they're trying to like still like the things they liked when they were elementary schoolers, but they're also way too cool for the things that they liked when they were elementary schoolers. So they're really focused on who they are. They're trying to figure out what their identity is and what kind of friends am I gonna hang out? Should I get the newest AirPods? Should I not get the newest? Like, how can I be the cool kid? And then you get into high school and it just gets harder and worse because it's, it's how can I be you know, a friend, I've got to focus on school now because college is coming up. I've, I've got to get to graduation. I'm, I'm chasing a bunch of scholarships that I need to get. I've, I'm trying to get all of these things together so that way I can go to a good college. And, and then we, you finally get into college and you think something's going to change, but it's all the same, just adding more coffee. And it's, you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, how, do I like my, the people in my dorm? What major am I gonna have? This is, I'm deciding the rest of my life. Like I can put everything else on the back burner because this is the most important thing that I'm doing right now. And then you graduate from college and it's like, oh, finally I'm free. But it's like, no, you have to get a job now. So you're, you're getting a job and then you're trying to figure out, do I like this job? Is this what I wanna do really for the rest of my life? And, and you know, maybe when you were in college, you, you found a girl, I did. Shout out to Ashley. And we, we, you get married once you're out of college, and then, and then you're like, okay, so I'm married, and I've got the job, and I've got the house, and the white picket, okay, I guess, I guess it's time to have 2.5 kids, so I'm going to have 2.5 kids, because that's, that's what I've got to focus on now, and then you, you get old enough, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what cars you want to buy, and, and how you're going to support your kids, because if they are on the U8 team, and they're not a starter, they're never going to go pro, and so you have to, you have to pour into your kids, and, and try and give them the life that, that you wanted, and then you, you, you get all the way into retirement age, and you finally can relax, and you finally can, can go on the cruise ship, and you're, you're focused on relaxing, you can, you can win the dance competition on the cruise ship, shout out to my grandparents, and, and you can, you can really do all these things now, because you're finally free. And what I would challenge us with is we're just focused on the wrong stuff. We start from a very early age looking at all of the wrong things. Our focus is always what's next, what's next, what's next. And if Jesus had done that in this, in this passage, he would have completely missed Levi. If he didn't have his eyes open as he was going through his life, he would have completely missed Levi, if we aren't actively looking for people to share the love and our deep need for Christ with, we're missing the point. 
all of those things are not bad in and of themselves. I want your eight-year-old to go pro. I do. I want to say that I knew him. But we, we are focused on all the wrong things. We're not focused on the deep, deep need that our world has for Jesus. I'm going to speak to our graduates again for just a second. As a church family, we're literally sending you out. I'm, I've said this before. We're going to send you out. You're going into a world that you're going to have so many challenges. You're going to have mental challenges where you're trying to figure out all of these college things. You have, you're going to have emotional challenges. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, like 4 a.m., I've got finals tomorrow. I've been up since 4 a.m. the previous day. I'm crying. Um, you're going to have emotional challenges. You're going to go through heartbreak. You're going to have spiritual challenges. On your college campuses, those are notorious for, for there being spiritual challenges. People are going to challenge what you've grown up to believe. As a church, we have to rally around those students. And I want, I want to encourage our students that you have to still be looking out for people who you can share the love of Christ with through all of that. As a church, as we're going to PTA meetings, as we're going to the sports teams, as we're going to our jobs, there are people who need Jesus. And we have to be the hands and feet of, of the church, and we have to go out and actually share the love of Christ with people. The, it would have been really easy for Jesus to just stop there. He could have just stopped like, hey, just look at him. If you, if you can see him, you're good. Jesus doesn't do that. He, he shows us one, uh, one more thing. He says that Jesus sits with sinners. He could have stopped it. I just, you just have to look at them. You just have to know that they're there. But Jesus intentionally sits with sinners. Verse 15 illustrates this for us. It says, and as he, that's talking about Jesus, reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Here we see Jesus is sitting with sinners in his home. He's breaking bread. He, he's fellowshipping with them. He is engaging in community with them. And, and more importantly, I, I don't imagine that it's just like Jesus is sitting there and he's talking at the sinners. I imagine that there's laughter and there's conversation and, and Jesus is engaging in a relationship with these people. What Jesus did was he let people into his most private space. He pulled back the curtain and said, come into my home, come be with me. I care about you, I trust you. If you're anything like Ashley and I, when, when it's time for guests to come over to the house, you probably do this. You vacuum the carpet, you pick up all of the shoes that are inevitably there because that's where they go, and, and you, you put all the dishes into the dishwasher, however full it is, and you, you wipe the countertops down for the first time in a little while, and you make the house look all night. You put all thousand throw pillows onto the sofa because that's what looks nice, and, and then you close and lock the door that you just took all of your junk and threw it in, and then you like bolt that door down, and you glue it, and it's, nobody's allowed in that room. It's the room we don't talk about. That, that's how we like to live our lives. I'll, I'll take it a step further. My mom, I've got two older brothers, and so my mom naturally had her hands full. Um, and she had this very clever rule, free parenting tip. I don't have kids, but you can glean from my mother. Um, free parenting tip. When we would go into stores like Goodwill or Walmart or 
Um, those are pretty much the only two. She would, she would let us, like, we could, you know, oh, this is a toy. I'm going to pick this up and look at it. Oh, this, this looks like a fun thing. I'm going to pick it up and look at it. Pretty much every other store, though, was deemed a hands-in-pocket store. Um, if you don't know what that means, it's a store that, as three little boys, when mom says, put your hands in your pockets, we know that in our little cargo shorts, we're going to be like this the whole time. Like, no matter how fun that toy looks, your hands are in your pockets. That's just where they live. They're in your pockets. And we like to live our lives as hands in pockets lives. When people, when we invite people into our lives, when we invite people into our homes, we like for them to just be like this. You know, don't touch anything. Definitely don't go in the mess room. That's, that's for us only. You don't get to see that. Don't, don't get too comfortable. Just keep your hands in your pockets. That, that, that's a good distance for us. What Christ shows us is that those interactions aren't good. What Christ shows us is that we need to let people in to our lives. We need to let people in to our lives, and we need to show them that we trust them, that we love them, that we care for them. Jesus illustrates this. He, he was sitting with sinners. He was sitting with those 39 and a half foot pole people. We need to be inviting people into our homes and into our lives because what that will illustrate to them is by the way that we live our lives and the words that we say, it should show our deep need for Jesus. It should show how broken we are when we're separated from him and that we need Jesus. Graduates, I want, I want to, to tell you that you've got an interesting opportunity, probably one that you've never had before, where you're gonna go off and you're, you're gonna kind of get to invent your life again almost. You're gonna get to, to have a new start. And I wanna challenge you to not just have people in your life that look like you, that believe the things that you believe, that have the same political views as you, Invite people into your life that you can show the love of Christ. And as a church, we have to have a mentality of inviting people who, who don't necessarily believe the things that we believe, don't necessarily look the same way that we do into our homes and into our lives so that we can share our need for Christ with them. And before parents in the room get mad at me, I'm not saying, hey, you should go out and detach yourself from the church and be completely surrounded by people that don't believe the same thing that you believe. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to, in conjunction with a group of rooted believers, live sent lives. We need to have people who surround us, who point us back to Christ continually as we go out into the community as our graduates go out onto their college campuses. That's the key, is for us to be in community with believers so that we can go out and grow the kingdom. Finally, Jesus gives us probably the most important lesson in this, is that Jesus' ultimate goal was that he came to save. Jesus came to save 
Verses 16 and 17 illustrate this, that Jesus came to save. They, said, they say this, and the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came to call, to not call the righteous, but sinners. What happens here is the Pharisees, they see Jesus hanging out with sinners. They see Jesus intermingled with people that don't look like him, that don't believe the same things that he believes, that don't live their lives the same way that he lives his life. And as a Pharisee, that would be just a foreign idea. They would be very confused. They, they were very confused as to why Jesus was doing that. So they ask him, and he simply says, I came for the sinners. I didn't come to be what you want me to be. I came to bring healing to sinners. I'd hazard to say that most of us, myself included, would be leery if one of my friends just all of a sudden started hanging out with what we would call the wrong crowd. If they were over at the, bar, the backyard barbecue or they invited them to their backyard barbecue, you know, again, I, I just, I think that we'd all He's just hanging out with the wrong crowd. He's getting into some business. I don't, I don't want to know what that business is. What Christ tells us in verse 17 is that he's here to save those people. We read earlier in Romans that somebody's got to go. Somebody has to go. And, and the key here is Jesus shows us that intentional relationships lead to gospel interaction. When we intentionally see the people who need Christ and we invite them into our homes and we begin a relationship with them, the gospel is going to permeate. Through our words and through our actions, the gospel is going to permeate. Mark 16, 15 says this, He, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 we should be familiar with this verse by now. It says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything as I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus tells them that he came to save and he shows us that it's our job to share. It's our job. We, we bear the burden to go out into the world, into our community, into Niceville, and reach people for the gospel. Jesus' commandment was to go and spread the good news. And, and we have to recognize our need for this news. It's the news that despite our own sin, despite our desire to run from God's will, despite our desire to do everything in our power to turn away from him, he still sent Jesus. Ultimately, he still sends Jesus. Jesus, his son, to die on a cross and raise again three days later. Also that we can have a relationship with him for eternity. Also that we can bring him glory forever. 
I want to encourage you, if, you've, if you haven't heard that message before and you want to know more, text the, text the word believe to the number on the screen or you can come and talk to me afterwards at the front of the stage. We would love to just show you our deep need for Jesus. We would love to show you who Christ is. Right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call our graduates up on stage because we want to recognize their accomplishment of, of leaving high school, moving on to college. And I want us as a church family to rally around them and pray for them. So they can, they can come on up now and, and we're going to be presenting them with Bibles. And, and the reason why we're doing that is because we are showing them that they, yeah, y'all can, let's, let's even out. We got two and two. There we go. We can, we are showing them and equipping them with the tool that they need to stay connected to God's community, stay connected to God's will, and ultimately go and share the good news of Christ. So we're going to take a minute in kind of the middle of service, not the middle, we're, we're nearing the end, I promise. We're, we're taking a minute here to, to celebrate and pray for our seniors as they go out. So if y'all will just bow your heads with me, and maybe if I say a name and you just want to jot that down in your notes, you can open your eyes, it's okay. You can jot it down in your notes and, and just commit to praying for these seniors as they go off on this next stage. Y'all bow your heads with me. Father God, you are good, Father. You came to save us, God. You could have done it any number of ways, but you came to come and have a relationship with us, Lord. Father, as we send these college, there are these high school graduates out into college, God, I pray that that be a constant reminder on their hearts, Lord. God, I pray that they have a burden to get to know your word. God, I pray specifically for Logan, God, as he steps into this next stage at Northwest Florida State College, God, God, and, and wherever he goes beyond that, Lord, as he's pursuing dentistry, Father, I just pray as he is physically healing people, God, you are a healer, God, as he is helping the people in need and, and bringing them healing, God, I just, God, I pray that he also recognize their, their spiritual need for healing, Father. God, I, I lift up Leighton, Lord, as he's also going to Northwest Florida State College, God. God, to pursue being a fighter, firefighter, God. What an, an amazing vocation, Father. God, I just pray specifically for him and his journey through this. God, as he is serving the public, God, and saving their lives, let him constantly be reminded of your ultimate saving of our lives for eternity. God, and I pray that as he, he goes and he's literally rescuing people from peril, God, he not only rescue them from their physical need, God, but he rescues them from their spiritual need. God, I lift up Kylie, also going to Northwest Florida State College, Lord, and, and with a potential of studying foreign languages, Father, we, we pray that she be able to bring your good news to the nations. God, not only in English, but also in other languages, Father, that, that you may use her desire to learn more about languages, God, to bring the word and fulfill your great commission. God, I also play for, pray for Clara as she's headed off to Penn State, Father, to pursue political science. God, as she is going 
there, God, I just pray that you allow her to be an influence more than the university is influencing her, God. God, I pray that you allow her through her studies to, to grow not only in knowledge, but also in you and how you influence the political system, God, that you are the ultimate king, Father, that you have the ultimate throne. God, and I just pray for Clara as she goes out that she may be able to use her story as your witness, God. You can use her life for your witness. And as they go, Father, I pray, God, that your protection be on them, Lord, as they go into this next stage of life, God. And I pray that as a church, Father, we rally around them and continue to pray for them and lift them up, Father. We ask all of these things in your son's name, amen. Let's, let's give it up for our seniors. That's awesome. Y'all can, y'all can head on down. Y'all can head on down. It's, it's incredible to see our seniors being sent out. And as a church, again, I've, I've said this more than enough times, but we are sending them out. We're sending them out, I was just about to pray. We're sending them out into the world to go and do missions, to go fulfill the Great Commission. And there is no greater joy than that, that as a church family, we can send people I want us to take a close look into this passage and into our own lives. In this passage, we've talked about a lot about what Jesus did, and, and I think it's really important for us to look at Levi as well. Levi was a sinner that Jesus saw, and he sat, Jesus sat down with Levi, and Jesus shared with Levi, ultimately, his plan. And then Levi did that. He was a disciple. He went and, and put into action what Jesus was showing us. And I think if we look into our own lives, if I look into my life, we can name very specific people who had an incredible impact on our walk with God, not only in our journey to Christianity, but our journey through Christianity. I think about a guy, I think about my parents who, who have allowed me to put faith first and modeled a Christian home for me. I think about my brother who shared Christ with me, who opened up his Bible and shared the love of Jesus with me. I think about a guy named Andrew who was my life group leader when I was in middle school and he opened up my eyes to what God really had in store for me. I think about a guy named Ben in middle school, who, who saw me, a broken kid, grieving, and took me aside and said, Jesus loves you. Took me aside and, and pointed me back to Christ. I think about a guy named Jared, who as I was walking through high school and college, poured into me and showed me a way out from my sin. I think about a guy named Chris, who showed me what it was like to really minister to the next generation. I, I think about a guy named David Anderson who poured into me right as I was about to get married. I think about my wife who shows me Christ every single day and is, an, is a light to our students. I can imagine that if you took a moment and, and just thought about your journey to this point right now, through college, through high school, through middle school, through elementary school, whatever it is, 
You can name specific people who saw you, somebody in need, somebody completely helpless without Christ, who sat with you and let you in, had a relationship with you, poured into you, and ultimately who pointed you back to Christ's ultimate sacrifice on the cross. This is the amazing thing that we get to do today as a church. We get to look forward. We get to see that he's calling our seniors to go and do this. But as a church, we ultimately get to see how we can have an impact on the kingdom. I hope that we're challenged to go out and see people and sit with people and share with people the love of Christ. So let this church family be excited about this opportunity. Let us be excited that we're not just a church that commissions graduates. We're not just a church that, that dedicates children. We are a church that is commissioned to go and do Christ's work. Would y'all pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this church, God. I thank you for their desire, God, to, to walk with you, Father. God, and I, and I pray also, Lord, that as we leave today, God, that we not go back to our normal rhythm of focusing on all other things, but God, we focus on you. We pray all these things in Christ's name, amen.